think that this message that we're going to talk about today in Sabbath is really pertinent for the season, for this time of year, for the mentality that we can often slip into because a lot of us are just jumping right into busyness and we're getting our schedules packed and we're trying to get all of our plans made and all of our last minute whatever's done and you can just kind of get in like hurry mode. And I think that's really important for us to talk about Sabbath because this word Sabbath is a Hebrew word. And it means to literally stop working or to cease. Many of us don't know how to stop, though. We know how to go. We're really good at going. We plan to go. We're planning on the go. And we look for more tools, more ways to figure out how to continue to go. Because if we feel like we're going, then we must be doing something that matters and that's important. Because in our culture and in our society, we've equated busyness with significance. We think that if I'm not busy, then I must not be important, I must not matter, or what I'm doing with my life must not matter, and we think that we have to be busy. We've bought into this lie, we've drank the Kool-Aid to have to go through all of this stress and all this pressure that we put on ourselves to feel important, and we'll say things like, you know, I, I feel important because I'm busy, and when we finally do actually unplug, we often fill our margin with like just dumb stuff, man, like mindless scrolling, unproductive things. I know that when I unplug, sometimes I feel like I'm actually refilling my bucket, and I'm not. I'm actually doing things that aren't really that helpful. I don't know about you, but uh, just sitting around doing nothing, scrolling on, the, on your phone, you know, or watching, you know, uh, however many animals play various instruments, you know, on YouTube, and watching, you know, uh, ladies fight with raccoons to protect their children and, and all these different things that we see on the internet that uh, make us laugh and, and that we want to share and send to people. Oh, we feel like, oh, this is refilling my bucket. And folks, it's not. Here's what I found myself doing the other day, just to be real honest with you. I, mean, I, I wasted so much time scrolling through my phone and I discovered that I was going through this like rhythm, all right? And maybe this will identify with you, and then maybe some of you just think, wow, Derek, you need to get some help. So either way, it doesn't matter. Both are probably true. I was on my phone, and I would open up my email, and I would hit refresh, no new messages. And then I would hit my second email address, scroll through, hit refresh, no new messages. So then I bounce over to Facebook. Uh, Anything interesting? Not really. Scroll over, go over to Instagram. Anything interesting? No, not really. Ah, maybe a little. Ah, that's kind of funny. Ah, that's kind of funny. Maybe I'll see something better. Scroll, 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 scroll. And then all of a sudden I would go, I need to check my email again. So I bounce back over to my email and I found myself doing like this, like mindless, like pattern. And I didn't even realize it for the first little while. But finally I was like, what am I doing? I'm going through like this this cycle, what am I looking for? And what I was really looking for is I thought I was resting. I thought that I was unplugging. I thought that I was giving myself some me time when really I'm not doing anything healthy that's really filling my bucket. And so we have to understand when it comes to Sabbath, this idea of stopping and ceasing, what it means is true rest. And a lot of us don't really truly know how to rest. We're always looking to be entertained. We're always looking for something to be in front of us or for us to be consuming something or for us to be engaging with something all the time. And we don't really understand rest. But God created us this way. 
And God created the rhythm of the week. And so he established that in the order of creation in the book of Genesis. He took six days to create everything. And not because he had to. He could have created everything in a moment if he so desired. But what God established was a pattern, a rhythm. And I want you to write that word down, rhythm. If you're a note taker, write down that word rhythm. Because that's going to be a key word for you and a key word for us today. Because God established a rhythm and he was showing us and setting a template in order for us to understand what the rhythm of our lives was to be, just as God worked and then on the seventh day, God rested. Not because God was tired, because God never wearies. God never needs to truly rest. That's not something that God requires because he's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He, 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 he doesn't need that. But he established this rhythm for you and I to see how we are to live our lives. And that's why he gave us the gift of a Sabbath. And so we need to understand this. We need to dive into this concept and learn how to best glorify God in our rest because we have to understand the rhythm of this. Sabbath is about us embracing limits. It reminds us of the providence of a holy God. It is about us embracing limits. That's really what Sabbath does. It causes us to pause and recognize I'm not all powerful. I can't do everything. I can't control everything. I can't fix, hello, everything, right? All of our lists that we come up with, all of the things we aspire to do, all the things that we try to run around and achieve and check off of our lists, and man, if we don't, we feel like we're somehow failing. And we look at everyone else around us, and doesn't it always seem that when you just kind of survey your neighbors, coworkers, friends, family members, doesn't it just always seem like everyone else is doing it right? It always seems that way when you start to compare yourself to other people. Because I believe that the enemy wants to make sure that you only look at the facade, you only look at the outside, and you only see how everyone else seems to be getting it right. So there's like this external pressure that we put on ourselves by what we perceive that everyone else is doing, achieving, accomplishing. And so we want to squeeze the most out of every millisecond of our day by making ourselves just have all of these things we feel that we need to do. We have to make everything look perfect. Everything has to appear a certain way. Everything has to function a certain way. And we just get ourselves so busy that we don't embrace our limits because we are trying to ultimately control everything. It's really this trusting in ourselves and this idea of trying to control everything. Now, I'm not saying don't be responsible. I'm not saying don't take care of the things that you have and the responsibilities that God has given you. But at the same time, we have to understand we are limited. Sabbath forces me to remember I have limits. When I take every moment of every day and I fill it just with all of these busy things, even good things, that we would all consider maybe even good, healthy, and productive. But if I don't stop and rest if I don't stop and focus my heart and my affections on God, if I don't hit the reset button to remind myself of whose I am and for the purpose that I've been created, if I don't stop and if I don't have a rhythm of pause, if I don't have a rhythm of rest, then I'm trying to take care of everything and I'm really not trusting God for a whole lot until I burn out. And then I have to trust God for a whole lot. Why? Because I have exhausted myself to the point 
to where I feel like I just need some, some alone time. I need everybody to go away. <laughs> like, could everybody just stop? So what do you want us to stop? You know what you did, and you know what you've been doing, and you need to stop it because I need some recharge time, some rest time. And the reason we get to those extremes is because we don't have a healthy rhythm. We don't have a healthy rhythm. We're not communing with the Father. We're not embracing our limitations. We're not recognizing his sufficiency, his providence, and our limits and our weakness. We get fooled. We buy into the narrative that we somehow need to control all of these outcomes in our lives, and we just need to spend every waking moment doing something. And even in our rest, our rest is not often truly rest because it's not productive towards pouring our hearts towards God. Because, can I tell you, doom scrolling and doing the cycle on your phone like I described of what I do, that's not rest. That's not recharging. That's you just trying to escape from reality and the pressures that you're feeling and you're withdrawing and trying to escape and that's not rest because you don't walk away from that going, man, I feel really recharged. I feel great. I'm ready to just go live my life for the glory of God. I, I feel like that really honored God, you know. I feel so poured into and I feel so encouraged and I feel, you know, so revived and I feel just ready to go out and live my life for the, for the glory of God. And I, I never feel that way after spending hours doom scrolling on my phone. I don't feel that way. Or watching, you know, uh, you know, binging through Netflix or whatever the case may be. Oh, yeah, I'm just going to binge through this whole show. I'm going to take some me time. You never feel good after that, do you? You know, man, that was a great use of my time. Most of the time you feel awful. And then what, what's that awful feeling associated with? Often it's associated with guilt. Why? Because you didn't do something like, I should have went for a walk instead. That's an idea. I'll go for a walk and watch Netflix. That's, that's what I need to do. That's maximizing my time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then now we even have it to wear on our phones. Like our screen can still be playing something while we can be doing something else on our screen. So I can make the grocery list while watching Netflix, while watch, walking through the neighborhood. You know? It's like, we're, how much more are we going to try to pile in to feel productive? To feel meaningful, to feel important, to feel like we're doing something? Or are we going to embrace our limits and take a breath and realize that God has a better way for us? In Psalm 46 and verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. He says to be still and know that I am God. Am God. Sometimes it takes me being still to remember that He is God and I am not. I need to be still. I, m one of my uh, mentors in my life, Pastor Andy, uh, I've been going with him every year for the past 13 years now, and I'm going to go even this December, even since I've lived here in Iowa, I still go with him up to Green Bay. There is a, a spiritual retreat center up there, it's an abbey. And uh, they have a place where it's three floors of uh, little rooms. You have your own personal room. And we go away there every year for three days of just spiritual retreat. And Pastor Andy always gives the same speech. He always gives the same speech every year. He always tells whoever goes with him, he says, walk 
at an old man's pace. And what he means by that is that, listen, you've got nowhere to go. Slow down. Walk at an old man's pace while you're here and focus on the Lord. So I'm taking that time. And you know me, when I walk, I don't know if you guys have ever seen me walk uh, or if any of you are walk impressionists. I don't know. You can, you know, do my walk, impersonate my walk. I lean forward when I walk. Like I look like I'm about to fall over all the time because I'm trying to get there. My feet, (laughs) my feet aren't going fast enough. It's horrible. It's a horrible thing to do. And I always walk like this, like I'm, you know. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, what, what, is that really helping? Is that helpful? Because in my mind, I, I got somewhere to be. I got somewhere to go. And when I walk really fast, it tells everyone where I'm going is important. And you should not interrupt me because I'm about to fall on my face because of the way I'm walking. Pastor Andy says at the retreat center, he says, walk slow. And man, for somebody like me, I talk fast. I think fast. I walk fast. I eat fast. Oh, I got bad indigestion. Walk fast. <laughs> You know, all of that stuff, right? To slow down and to be forced to and to be, you know, told, slow down. To walk. Oh my gosh, it's one of the hardest things. And sometimes I just have to remind myself, even when I'm not on spiritual retreat with Pastor Andy, Derek, just slow down. Embrace your limitations. Be still and remember that I am God. And so often we get to a place where we're forced to do this because we can either choose to honor God and have a healthy rhythm of rest or life will kind of force us to because at some point life will catch up with us and will scream at us, you have limits! (laughs) And some of us feel that where we just wear our bodies out. We're not getting adequate rest. We're not living our lives in a healthy rhythm to honor and glorify God. We're not being still. We're not allowing ourselves to just meditate and think on our creator. We're not allowing our bucket to be filled by him. We're filling those margin spaces with other things that are not glorifying God. But what a Sabbath does and what Sabbath rhythm does is it reorients our lives. It helps to reorient our rhythms because maybe you did have a wacky, crazy week. It, it reorients our rhythms around our holy God. Because as a holy people, that word holy, remember, means to be set apart. Our rhythm should be different, set apart from that of the world. Sabbath reminds us of our need for God as our source of strength, our source of peace, our source of hope, rest, our joy, our contentment. In other words, Sabbath reminds me that he is all I need. He is all I need. I don't have to look to all these auxiliary things to try to fill the gaps in the margin of my life. No, I remember, no. Lord, if I lost everything else that I'm holding so tightly onto to try to control, Lord, if I release, if I lost it all in a moment and I still had you, I still have all I need because he is enough. And keeping the Sabbath in Scripture, it's a gift. It's a command in Scripture, but it's a gift. And I want to understand the difference between, I'm not talking about like this strict Sabbath of what you think about in um, the Jewish culture and you know, uh, celebrating it in that way. There are some people who go to extremes, and actually, anytime there's something good from God, people find a way to mess it up. It's just what we do. We're really good at messing up uh, something good from God because... What people do is they've added all these rules and regulations to something. 
And even Jesus himself, he said, listen, the Sabbath is made for man. This is not uh, something that you need to overthink here. Because in Jesus' day, people were, you know, criticizing Jesus and his disciples for doing the simplest things on the Sabbath. Stuff that you would call good things. Stuff that honors and glorifies God. I don't know, a little something like healing, you know? Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. And the religious people were like, well, he's working, see? He's working on the Sabbath. He could have waited another day. You know, I mean, come on. Like, this lame man was healed. This blind man was healed. People were criticizing. The man with the withered hand was healed on the Sabbath. And people were, were looking to criticize Jesus. So even, like, the, the rules became so intense. The regulations became so intense. And some people still live that way today where they're looking at this as a burdensome thing. And so when I'm talking about Sabbath, I'm not talking about this in the sense of some heavy religious duty that carries all of this unnecessary man-made weight along with it. I'm talking about something that causes us to pause, to stop, to reflect, to remember who our creator is, to remember he's sovereign, remember he's good, remember he's wise, remember he's in control, and I'm not, and I can trust in him and depend on him because he's good. Amen? I need a rhythm in my life where I reset and I pause and I sit in that. And that's why it is a gift. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 6 this morning. We're going to read a little bit of scripture here that's going to help us to see the priority of heaven. And so the idea that we're going to read through here is we're going to read the words of Christ is that he's talking about the heart of God. He's talking about a kingdom priority, what matters most. So if you're like, okay, what matters most to God? Here's part of the text that will help you to see a glimpse into the priority of heaven. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. We're going to read through verse 34. So Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so here, you see, Jesus talks a lot about finances. He talks a lot about this idea of money being attached to the heart. He talks a lot about how you spend your money, how you manage your wealth, your resources, that says a lot about where my heart is, where my heart is directed. It says a lot about the things that matter to me, the things that are really important. Because when it comes down to it and I have to make crucial decisions financially, what is that ultimately revealing? It's revealing the heart. And that's why Jesus talks about this stuff. He says, listen, if you're serving that money, if that's your master, he said, you, you can't serve both God and money. He said, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is is going to be also. Therefore, verse 25, so in other words, because of this, therefore, this is tied together, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat 
and what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father... He knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So in the context of Matthew 6, what we're just reading here, Jesus is talking about the heart and what we think we need. He's talking about our priorities what we think is most important. And Jesus was calling his followers to be in alignment with what matters most to God. He's trying to say, listen, don't you trust that God is good? Is your heart focused on the goodness of God or are you so busy creating all this anxiety, trying to make sure you're taking care of yourself and making sure that that's the thing you have and that's the thing you're providing for and that's what you're accomplishing and doing? And, or are you resting in the fact that God is good through all of it? Don't you know that God is going to take care of you? Don't you know that you don't have to chase after the almighty dollar? Don't you know you don't have to chase after these things that the world tries to tell you that you need? Man, we live in such a society where we are so heavily marketed to. Oh, it's so difficult in our society because let me tell you something about marketing in our day and age. People have gotten really, really, really good at it. I mean really good at it. People have drilled this down to the... the, the, basic, basic, like, like tiny, like of sciences where they've zoomed in on marketing. They're talking about certain age groups, certain demographics, uh, certain colors that different people respond to, certain music, certain, you know, images, all of these little nuances that they have drilled down to. Why? Because they want to help you because everybody's just out to help you. No, 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 no. Because they're after your, your money, Because where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so this world is just after ways to be able to try to manipulate and convince you and sell you on something that you think you need. And man, it's difficult because we are bombarded with it. We're inundated with it. I'll tell you what made me mad the other day. I've got, because you care. Um, (laughs) I I have a surround sound system in my home. And it's controlled by my phone, all right? I bought this system. And I'm really happy that I bought the system years ago. cost me a lot of money. And I paid for the system. I own the system. When I open the app to be able to control the various speakers, it sends me ads. 
to my own system that I already bought. I'm like, I bought it. I don't need an ad. Stop sending me ads. But we're just inundated. Even when we buy something, you still haven't really bought it because I'm still trying to sell you something else. I can't even, in, I have to click off of the ad to be able to turn the volume up and down on my system. And it drives me nuts. And I always grumble and complain in Jesus' name. <laughs> because when it comes up, because man, it frustrates me, dude. It frustrates me. It makes me mad. But at the same time, it just shows you our world is just looking for any opportunity to try to grab our attention, to try to grab our affection. And these things end up becoming distractions for our heart to not focus on the things of God. We have to work harder to make sure that we are fighting for that rhythm of rest because the world is fighting to grab our attention. And I have to, man, sometimes it's always when you make the decision to like have some, some sort of routine or rhythm of Sabbath in your life that the enemy wants to just come and like inundate you with stuff, isn't it? Like, okay, I've got, I've got a good plan. Here's what our family's doing. Uh, we're going to take a Sabbath day. And we're going to do this. We're going to focus our hearts on God. We're going to hit the big reset button. And everything else happens to prevent you from doing that. And you go, why even try? And everyone else seems to be doing it so well. Hashtag Sabbath. You know? <laughs> and you look at them on Facebook. And you look at them on Instagram. And you're failing. You're failing because it just looks like they're, 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 they're doing wonderful. They're out, you know, feeding the homeless. And, you know, they got their Bibles open at the table. And you're just a hot mess at home, you know? And what do you do? I guess I'm going to check my email and go back through, <laughs> through YouTube and, you know, Instagram and all that. And you get back in the same old cycles. And it's easy for us to do that, right? Because, man, we feel all of this pressure. But here's our big idea for today. Alignment with God's heart means reordering your life to God's priorities. I want you to get this. Screenshot this, write it down, whatever, because this is a big one. Alignment with God's heart means reordering your life to God's priority. It's tricky because this kind of seems counterproductive and counterintuitive because that's what it is. We have to have this disruption in our normal flow of life because, listen, God's priorities are counterintuitive to the way that humanity-led living works, fleshly-led living works, selfish-led living works. It's going to be counterproductive. So guess what that means? It means you're going to have to be different than what everybody else does. You're going to have to. That's this whole idea of being holy, set apart. It means different from the norm set apart. It's got to be going against the grain of what the, the normal flow of things is in our world. Because there's so many people that are being led astray. Wide is the road that leads to destruction, but man, narrow is the way. And there's few, scripture says, that find it. You want to know why there's few that find it? Because it's easier to just do what everybody else is doing and get sucked into what everybody else has got sucked into. It's easier and it seems natural because it's what everyone else is doing. It's the direction everybody else is going. And so for you to do something different is going to be weird. And you got to be okay with doing something weird. you got to be okay with being different. Because if you're just trying to be accepted and go with the flow and do what everybody else is doing, you're, you're going to constantly run into these same obstacles over and over again if you are a believer who's trying to please, honor, and serve the Lord. 
because you can't serve both. You can't chase after the same thing everybody else is chasing after and serve God. You can't do it. You can't have one foot in the world and then have one foot in with God. No, this is not how this works. This is not where we punch in and punch out pursuing the heart of God. If I want my heart to be in alignment with God's heart, it means I'm going to have to reorient my priorities. When you become a new creation in Christ, as 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, we're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. When I become that new creation in Christ, guess what? It means my perspective, my value system, it changes from what is normal, from what is typical, from the rest of humanity. And it's hard for us when we're used to doing things a certain way. And we're used to seeing things a certain way. But what Sabbath does is Sabbath positions us to work from our rest, not rest from our work. That's a different philosophy, isn't it? Because we go, 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 pass out, right? We come home. What do we say? I'm done, right? I have just spent myself. And now I need a day off. I need some me time. Instead, what Sabbath positions you to do is not just rest from your work. That's not the point. Sabbath actually is a launching pad. It helps me to actually work from my rest. So it reorients not only my heart, not only my energy. It's not just about replenishing energy. If that's all you're hearing today, you're mishearing the message. Yes, maybe you get an energy boost, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm not talking about an energy boost so you can just run harder and faster and get more done and more accomplished and just go, 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 go. I'm talking about us reorienting our heart, so that means that I'm actually thinking about my week differently. I'm thinking about the things I'm trying to accomplish differently. I'm thinking about the interactions that I have differently. I'm thinking about the obstacles that I face differently when I run up against some sort of obstacle. Why? Because I have entered into a rhythm of Sabbath rest that has helped me to reorient and refocus my heart to be more gospel-centered. And now when I lead out and live out from that, man, I'm looking at things through a gospel lens. The stuff that would have worried me, I see it through a gospel lens. And I go, you know what? In the grand scheme of eternity, that's not something I want to spend a lot of time worrying about or trying to control because I'm going to trust in the Lord. Or if there's a situation that I have to overcome or deal with, I look at it through an eternal gospel lens. And I'm thinking much, much further down the road. I'm thinking much, much differently. I'm thinking big picture. I'm looking at the relationships that I'm in. I'm looking at the way I spend my time. I'm even looking at the way that I balance my checkbook. I'm looking at all those things much, much differently because I'm looking at it through the lens of eternity. And I'm thinking about things in a way I hadn't before. And that's what the gospel does. It helps me to do that. And when I take a rhythm of Sabbath and I stop and I reorient my heart, it helps me to work from my rest. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. What if Sabbath meant putting away the phone for a 24-hour period? Just a suggestion. I tried that yesterday. I failed, by the way. Um, but I made it most of the day. And, and, and I was like, okay. But what, if, but what if it meant you just stopping what if Sabbath meant taking a day to enjoy nature and focus on God's creation? What if Sabbath meant slowing down and being present with your spouse, your friends, your children, opening the word of God together, spending time in prayer together? What if Sabbath meant taking an, time, an extended period of time to pray or to dive deeper into his word? 
Let me ask you this. If, if we had a regular rhythm of taking a significant amount of time to hit that reset button, to focus our hearts and our minds on the Lord, even during our day-to-day activity, even if it were on a, say, Saturday, if that's the day that, that, that you want to, to do that, however your schedule works out, but having that regular period and treating that period as sacred in your life, having that period as something, this is, this is a time of refocusing, resetting my heart, my mind, my affections on the Lord. Yes, I think it's great to have daily devotionals, spend that time with the Lord, but this is different. I'm talking about you taking a, a time where you're focusing your entire heart, where you're focusing your family, you're focusing together collectively on something, you're sharing in something that is truly replenishing to you, that is, that is refreshing you, that is refocusing you and reminding yourself of whose you are, reminding yourself of why you're created, what God has called you to do, what God has created you to do, leaning into that in a significant, intentional way instead of just doing these things whenever I've got the time. If I did that, if I created this rhythm in my life, how much different would our lives look? How much more healthy would our perspectives be when it comes to launching from that type of reset? Oh, it sounds great, but I'm really busy. Yep. I feel you, man. I got you. I hear you out there. I hear you. I hear all the groans and all oh, that being nice. But here's how the kingdom of God works. This is the hard part for us, and this is everything with the kingdom of God. God asks us to prioritize him first. And what we often do is we don't prioritize him first. We give him whatever's left over, right? We do that in a lot of things. We do that with our time. We do that with our affection. We do that with our resources. We do that with our our calendar, whatever. We do that in so many things to where, well, if I have some left over, but God works different. We're always afraid of not having enough if we put God first and we prioritize God first. We're always afraid of not having enough to be able to do everything else I need to do. And sometimes you can even write it down on paper and it doesn't make sense because you look at, you look at it on paper and you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense. How am I going to be able to squeeze in this time and squeeze this and squeeze that in? I will tell you this, when you prioritize your heart and align it with the heart of God and you do that on the front end instead of the back end, somehow... There's always enough left to do what he's created and gifted me the responsibility to do. That's just the way it works. It's an upside-down kingdom because you and I think in terms of like compartmentalizing things. Oh, this is this box, this is this box, this is what I have over here, and this account, this account, this account, for this, this is the margin I have over here. And God says, no, 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 don't worry about all that stuff. Just give me this chunk in the beginning. And watch how I take care of everything else. That takes faith. Because some of you are wrestling right now. And you're thinking, I don't know if I have time to like have like a regular, you mean a regular rhythm of rest? I don't know if I have that. Like you mean really unplug? I mean, I mean you know, I've at least got to stay plugged in this way or this way. No, 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 no. What if you just prioritize the heart of God and pursuing the heart of God and aligning your heart with the heart of God? And that could be times of prayer it could be through times of meditation it could be through through times of writing things down spending time in the word spending time in focused prayer it could be times in silence you guys forget what that's like right it's kind of like that but man for some of us golly 
It means slowing down, being present. Our lives would look a lot different from those that don't know God because everybody's trying to find a way to squeeze a little bit more in. What if instead we're just trying to please God and honor Him with the rhythm of our life? Because maybe you live a life in a way where not everything can be sacred and pre-programmed and, you know, all that stuff. I get that. But man, I want to take this portion of my life and say, God, I, I want to reset. I want to work from my rest in you. I want to rest in you, not just rest and watch TV, not just rest and doom scroll through my phone. No, no, no. I really want to rest in you and learn what it means to, to be still and know that you're God. To pay attention to things I didn't pay attention to before. Pay attention to things I've missed. Some of you, your work has become a distraction from dealing with your heart. It's become a distraction. You, you, you make all the excuses why you think, oh, I've got to work, I've got to keep doing this, or I've got to finish this, or I've got to finish that. And really, it's a distraction from dealing with your heart. Some of you fill up your, your, your calendar with so much activity, and it looks good on paper, and it looks good on social media. So much activity, so much stuff involved with the kids. Or maybe you are a student. Maybe, maybe you filled up your activity calendar so much with friends and with hanging out and with homework and with you know, having to prep for this and prep for that. And you're so busy. And we can use that as an excuse to avoid really dealing with what God's trying to deal with us at a heart level. Because it distracts us. You see... Some of us, work has become a distraction and busyness has become a distraction from dealing with our marriages. We get so busy, we don't want to deal with that marriage issue. If we can just stay busy enough, then we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to deal with it. We'll just both be so tired at the end of the day, we're too tired to argue anymore. (laughs) And let's just get busy, busy, busy. That's not the solution. Some of us get so busy, we don't want to address the financial mess that we're in. We don't want to begin to talk about what's a way to climb out of this. What's the first step we need to take? What's the conversation we need to have? Instead, we just get so busy that we feel that we have a justified excuse to why we're not addressing it. Some of us do that for spending time with our kids. We just get so busy. Some of us get so busy, man, that that it keeps us from reaching out for help with your pornography addiction, with your bad habits. You know, I don't want to talk about it because I'm so busy. I, I don't have time. And we get so busy and, and, and we're just avoiding allowing God dealing with our heart because we, we think we can somehow hide from him. We think we can somehow avoid him or escape from him. And it's this delusion that we've bought into as if we can hide from God. Adam and Eve tried that. Read that in Genesis. See how that worked out when they tried to hide. As if we could avoid or hide from God. We just try to ignore what he's wanting to do in us. We try to not listen because there's so much noise around us. But man, can I tell you that Christ is enough? In the middle of all of that noise in the middle of all the stuff you're trying to avoid Christ is enough and so I want to encourage you to build in a Sabbath rhythm so you can learn how to rest in the finished work of the gospel and so 
I didn't want to get into like a whole bunch of how-tos today because I think that that's something that you and the Lord have to figure out. And so what I do want to do is I want to give you a resource, okay? I believe this is a good resource. And they're going to have this up on the screen. This is emotionallyhealthy.org. And this is a pastor who wrote a book. Um, it's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Maybe you've read it. There's a great book that he wrote called Emotionally Healthy Leadership. Um, I've read that several times and have walked with that uh, through, with several people through that book. It's just a really good tool. And one of the th things that this pastor talks about is how he walked through a serious, serious burnout and uh, even was challenged at deep levels with a lot of uh, just various things that he dealt with in his marriage and his personal life, all this stuff, and how God helped him through understanding um, that rest. And so he's written this uh, little short free ebook. And it's just a little short free thing that you can do. And what he does, he just gives you some thoughts and some ideas. He's not the expert on how to do this correctly. That's between you and the Lord. I believe you um, and the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, I believe that you can figure out what your next steps are. And so I want to give you this resource. So scan that, write that down, whatever. Go see that, go read through it. it it'll take you like five, ten minutes tops to read. So it's not a big, long, hefty read. But I do believe it will at least help you to have a conversation. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next step is to have a conversation with uh, a family member, a friend, uh, a, a pastor, a trusted, you know, advisor, whatever it may be, just to help you to go, okay, what's my next step in this? What do I need to do? And this will help you on, at a practical level. But what I wanted to deal with today was more just at the heart level and kind of understanding why we need rest, why we need to trust in God and work from that point of rest because here's the thing alignment with God's heart that's what it means it means I'm going to have to reorient my priorities and to do that man I've got to stop I've got to slow down I've got to be still and know that he's God that's how I get healthier as a believer by leaning into him and not leaning on my own understanding by trusting him more by growing in faith and it's going to take me acknowledging my need for him and his sufficiency and it's going to take me acknowledging my own limits and my own weakness and this is what this kind of forces us to do so this is something that i wanted to equip us with today as a church to help us to grow and so i want to pray for us that god would just lead us and guide us in this so lord you know all things and god we we're so limited even in what we fully know and understand and so we ask that you would continue to lead and guide every person here, every person watching online, to be led and guided by your spirit with what it means to have a healthy rhythm in their lives, to have time that they focus and they realign and reset, Lord, their hearts and their attention and their affection on you in a healthy way, where they can set the tone of having that real spirituality of that focus of you truly being at the center of everything in our lives and affecting everything because that's what you've done for us through sending us your son we honor you and we thank you for this in jesus name